Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. So today, I am going to talk about expressive praise. Are you guys excited? Let's express the excitement. How can we do that? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I want to start out with, so how does God want his praise to be expressed? Now, the reason that I emphasize his praise is because it's his, right? It's his worship. A lot of times we say it's our worship, but it's actually his, right? It's his worship. So according to scripture, praise involves the whole person, spirit, soul, and body. There are over 50 Hebrew words that deal with the topic of praise and worship, and there are seven words that are consistently show up in Scripture that describe how God desires his praise to be expressed. Did you know that? If it's his praise, if it's his worship, right? If it's his praise and his worship, then our feelings, tradition, preference cannot dictate our response. Because whose praise is it? It's his praise, not ours. Now, we're expressing it, but it's what pleases him. How many of you remember the story of Esther? And before she went in uh, to the king, what did she do? She sought out advice to say what pleases the king, right? And when we praise, we should look and say, look throughout scripture and say, what pleases him? The issue that we run into is that the English word praise is limited and vague. Webster's Dictionary defines praise as to be expressed, to express a favorable judgment, the expression of approval or admiration for someone or something. So it's clear that praise requires expression, right? But it's kind of left up to a personal or cultural preference. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen this old movie. It was um, Happy Gilmore. Anybody ever see that? No? Long time ago. That was my time. And so uh, what happened was this hockey player couldn't play hockey anymore, and then he realized that he could really drive that ball really far. But he kind of took hockey culture into golf culture. (laughs) And a lot of times, what do we call it? When they applause, what do we call it? A golf clap, right? So it was culturally appropriate when someone did something well to give a golf clap, right? But when Happy Gilmore got there, it kind of changed a little bit. And so, like I said, because the word praise is vague, it's kind of left up to cultural and personal preference. Let's look at Um, let's look at how uh, Webster defines expression. An express means to make known the opinion or feeling of oneself. To give into the artistic, creative impulses or abilities of oneself. To convey a true impression of. To symbolize. To force out by pressure. Now notice expression is getting what's in here out. How many of you love the Lord? How many are you how many of you are passionate for him? Yeah. So expression is getting what's in here out. Okay? Everybody follow me? All right. So why is expression important? Because expression causes us to take what's hidden on the inside of us and make it known to the world around us. Do you see why expressive praise is so powerful? It takes the passion and desire and love and enjoyment we have for God and put it on display. 
But many of us are limited to personal comfort zones. I'm, I'm including myself here, right? Because when we look at how God desires his praise to be, it's beyond all of our comfort zones. No amens on that one. It's beyond, it's beyond mine. And so we can become limited by cultural norms and personal comfort level. But God is not vague when it comes to how he desires his praise. It's not like a needle in a haystack. It's not this great mystery. It's actually in scripture. And so, like I said, a lot of times what happens is we read the word praise and then we put our personal understanding of it over it. But to be honest, when, when you see the word praise in scripture, there's actually specific expressions that are being defined in, in a particular word, okay? So when you see the word praise in scripture, it's important to understand that it is a translation, translation from many different Hebrew words. And each Hebrew word commands a certain response. So oftentimes the translation would be simplified. They're like, well, this is under the umbrella of praise, so let's put praise. But actually it's a combination of different Hebrew words, and oftentimes we lose the various shades of the meaning in the simplified translation. So I want to give you seven, say seven, Hebrew words for praise that command our response. Now, whose worship is it? His. Whose praise is it? His. So when we come before the king, like Esther, what pleases the king? Are you guys following me? Come on. Like I said, don't you, I can feel the tension right now for some reason. But the truth is, all of this, what God says, it's all beyond our comfort level, right? So what, I'm, what I want to do is, I'm not trying to point fingers today, okay? What I'm trying to do is give you paints so, for your canvas of praise. Are you guys following me? I'm trying to give you things that you can do and say, wait a second, this is in the word of God. This is how I can express praise. Are you following me? So the first word is, now if you're a Hebrew scholar, I might not pronounce this correctly, but you'll just have to live with it. It's Shabbat, okay? Can you put that one up? All right, there you go. It means to shout. How many of you know that we shouted today in worship? To shout, to address in a loud tone, to shout in triumph. It is a loud adoration of love, respect, and worship. And oftentimes, culture will dictate expression. How many of you know there can be a lot of shouting at a football game, right? There can be a lot of uh, uh, quiet clapping at a golf match. How about the library? What calls, I tell you what, every time I take Maxwell to the library, I have to instruct him. When we are in the library, Maxwell, you do not, he'll, he'll go far, far to the other side and be like, hey, dad, look at this. And then I go, right? And sometimes family, family arguing. Some people like to shout when they argue. Some people won't talk to you for a week and you live in the same house, right? You got that one? <laughs> Travis is like, that's kind of more. All right. So this word is used 18 times in scripture commanding us to shout. Is shouting reserved for the strange emotional types? That's a good question. Tracy's like, is he talking? No, okay. All right. Psalm 61. No, Psalm 66, 1. Shout joyful praises to God, all the earth. Okay, so I'm going to break this down with amazing teaching right now. All right. Here it goes. Who's included in that? All the earth. How many people are on the earth right now? All of us, right? I know, it was amazing. Thank you. So why do we shout? Like I said, I'm giving you paints for your canvas of praise, right? Because this is how God loves his praise to be expressed. So why do we shout? The victorious are always louder than the defeated. I don't know if you know this, 
But the Chiefs have just won the Super Bowl. And I don't know, and I know some of you were cheering for us, and I appreciate all that. I appreciate that. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, well, you were quiet for 50 years. But I don't know if you were watching it. The playoffs, there were points in the playoffs where the Hilton household was real quiet. Do you remember down 24 nothing? And it was real quiet in the Hilton household. But then something shifted, right? And what happened? A lot of shouting and screaming happened, right? Little reserve me. So there wasn't reason to be loud. And now there's a couple reasons why a believer would shout in triumph. Well, the first one is we are experiencing the manifestation of the victory. How many of you know when you get healed, you get excited? When there's deliverance, you get excited. When there's restoration, you get excited. So one of the reasons we shout in triumph is because we are experiencing the manifestation of his release. Another reason why believers shout are we are aligning by faith with the victorious one. Romans 8, 37. No, despite all these things, and what are all these things? Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword. Not things to shout about, right? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. So when we shout, when we don't feel like it, we are aligning by faith to his reality, the victorious one. Is that a reason to shout? I would say so. And lastly, and there's other reasons why we shout, but these were the three that I wanted to point out is, we know the final outcome. Like it was real quiet in the Hilton household because we did not know the final outcome. But guess what? We know the final outcome, right? And so we always have a reason to shout. Come on. So nothing silences the enemy more than when we praise God in all circumstances, knowing our victory is secure in Christ. So here's a little tip for you. When the enemy tries to silence your praise, it's time to make your praise louder. When the enemy tries to silence your praise, it's time to get louder. Why do you think he wants to silence it? Come on. Because there's power when we praise and we express through a shout. Psalms 47.1. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. Now, in the Old Testament, when uh, armies would um, about be about ready to begin the begin the battle, one thing that the, the, the opposition would do is they would clap. So they were mocking the other side. Are you guys following me? So this is Old Testament sarcasm, all right? Why do we clap? Well, obviously, because we're rejoicing, but also, in the face of our enemy, we clap. Come on. Because we know the battle is ours. We know that the battle has been won because of Christ. The Shabbat kind of praise involves shouts, shouting, yelps, yells, squeals, hoots and hollers. It also is to cry out, to shout in applause, to shout in triumph, to cry out in distress, to raise a war or battle cry, to sound a signal. But the common thread is a loud expression of praise. So what is the purpose for being loud and expressing loud affection as a form of praise? Because all the devil's tactics are to shut you down, shut you up, and keep you quiet. 
Why are we loud? Because all the enemy wants to do is shut you down, shut you up, and keep you quiet. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Come on, guys. Now, I'll get into the word hallelujah later, but it's not like hallelujah. It's actually pretty crazy, pretty crazy praise. So when we sing, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy, it's not talking about your neighbor. You know, the one that uh, lets the shrubs grow over on your your yard. We're not going to raise a hallelujah in front of them. But it's the enemy of fear. It's the enemy, come on, it's the enemy of doubt. It's the enemy of insecurity. It's the enemy of pain and discouragement and failure. So we raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. When I am afraid, I praise. When I am afraid, I raise a hallelujah. When I'm experiencing shame and doubt, I raise a hallelujah. And the Shabbat kind of praise breaks the power of the enemy because when we praise in any situation, we take back our power. Come on. Why does the enemy want you quiet? Because he's controlling you. He wants you to be quiet. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline or a sound mind, self-control. So his spirit gives us power to take back our power that we, surrendered to, that we surrendered to the enemy. See, when we function in fear and shame and doubt, we're saying, here, enemy, here's my power. Why do we do that? Because in worship, we're like, I don't feel like lifting up a praise. And what are we doing? Here, enemy, have my power. Come on. This is good stuff, guys. When we come and we've been going through hell all week, we should be coming in with a shout. Come on. Because what the enemy wants to do is keep quiet, keep down, shut up, don't say anything, don't praise him. Come on. And so when we praise in any circumstance, what are we doing? We're saying, I want my power back. And my power is to praise in any circumstance. And guess what? It's not on your own strength, but it's by his spirit. So a shout of praise has the power to change your atmosphere. A shout of praise will break off the shackles of emotional distress. A shout of praise will break off heaviness. A shout of praise will tear down the walls of limitations. Psalm 66, one through four, shout joyful praises to God, all the earth. There it is again, that, that's me, all the earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. Everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious song. Come on. Shouting your name in glorious song. Listen, shouting in praise is not just meant for our Sunday service. There were times in my life where I was going through a lot of emotional distress, and the Lord led me just to shout. Like, if you ever saw me uh, uh, driving down the road and <laughs> you just see someone in the car just shouting, you're like, that's kind of strange. But the Lord would lead me to do that, and it would break off a heaviness over me. So if you're relocating your time of worship to Sunday morning, you're not using the powerful weapon that you've been given to defeat your enemy. Come on. So that's the first one. The second one is zamar. And that means to pluck or strike the strings of an instrument. It means to sing, to praise a musical word, which is largely involved with joyful expression of music with musical instruments. It means to sing songs of praise with instruments. 
And zamar is to make music accompanied by the voice. In Psalms 150, 1 through 6, praise the Lord. Praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty, in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise him. Praise his unequal greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, every category of instrument is listed in Psalms 150. Now, there's four ancient categories or classifications for instruments. The first one is the idiophone. And this is high, loud cymbals that produce sounds by vibrating. All right. How to get that one out. Most percussion instruments that are not drums are idiophones, which are claves, triangles, stuff like that. The next classification is membranophones. And those are drums or vibrating membranes. Uh, so do you, Danielle, do you know like what the, the heads of those drums are called? Like some people would say it, the skins of the drums. Have you ever heard that before? And because at one point, those heads were made out of skin, right? And then it says, praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the tambourine or the hand drum. So what is this saying? Get the beat going and dance. Come on. Get the beat going and dance. Another classification is chordophones. Uh, and those are produced sound by vibrating strings. The next one is areophones, aerophones, which is like oboes. Didn't you? And Loretta, this would be, she used to play the clarinet. Did you know that? She's got that clarinet going. All right. So at this point in history, every form of instrument was commanded for us to praise God. Zamar also means to pluck or strike the strings under, under the anointing of God. How many, how many of you know when David played his instrument, what happened? It drew out or it made the evil spirit go. And that is to Zamar before the Lord. And I thought it was really interesting because I looked up that passage in, in, as I was studying. And it was funny because, uh, so Saul's dealing with this evil spirit. And one of his servants says, hey, let's get a guy that can uh, play an instrument and then the evil spirit would have to go. The thing that I thought was interesting about that is that was common back then. It's like the servant's like, hey, listen, we need to get a guy that can, you know, play an instrument. Think about that. It was common back then to play an instrument, praise the Lord, and evil spirits would have to go. Come on. And I truly believe that's what happened today. So the next one is todah, which means the extension of the hands in adoration affirmation or acceptance. This is the type of praise that deals not with the feeling of praise, but rather the sacrifice of praise. It is used for thanking God for things not yet received. Think about that. This is the type of praise that I come in and it's a sacrifice to praise. Meaning I don't feel it. Come on. Because I know that you guys have never not felt like praising before, right? It also means to admit as real or true. So the implication is that we are to raise the hands as in a court of law, swearing to the truth. Psalms 11.4, enter his gates with thanksgiving or tada, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So his truth might not be your present reality. So his truth is we are more than overcomers. That might not be what you're feeling right now at this moment. 
But this type of praise is to come before God when you don't feel it and do it anyways with thanksgiving. Remember, I'm giving you paints for your canvas of praise. Because if we don't have this truth in our lives, we'll think, well, I don't feel like it. Well, I guess I won't praise. But actually, Scripture makes a way. Okay, you don't feel it? Well, this is this type of praise. Come on. It also means to speak the same. This form of praise is firmly connected to our faith. What is heaven saying over my circumstance? So it means to say the same thing as, so you just went through hell all week long and you come in and we're singing this song where we're excited and you're not feeling it. Then you have to say, what is heaven saying right now? Because I don't feel it and I don't see it and I'm not experiencing it. What does heaven say? And this is the type of praise where we connect with heaven's reality and we do and we react and we respond in a way that heaven is responding. Are you guys following? All right. Come on. Tada is to lift your hands when you don't feel like it. It's a sign of surrender to lift your hands. Um, This word is used 50 times in Scripture. Psalms 50, 23. He who offers a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, honor me and to him and to him who orders his way rightly, who follows the way that I show him, I shall show the salvation of God. So why does it honor and glorify God to offer this type of praise? Because... It's a demonstration of trust in the character of God. You know what? We were saying, all my life you've been faithful. You've been so good, and you're not experiencing it. So when we sing it and we believe it, even though we don't experience it, what, what is it doing? Saying, God, I trust you, and I trust your character over my experience right now. Come on. It's even when I can't see it, I know that he is good. And what this praise does is it cuts through all the noise and acknowledges God for who he is. What's all the noise? The chatterbox, right? The enemy speaking lies. But notice how sacrificial praise gives way to God's direction and intervention. What does it say? He who offers a sacrifice of praise. And then at the end it says, I shall show the salvation of God. So honoring God with this type of praise is a way to usher in a visitation. For him to show himself as the God of salvation. Isn't that exciting? Well, I don't feel like it. Well, do you want God to show himself as the God of salvation. Now, I'm not talking about eternal salvation, but there's a lot of things that we go through that we need salvation for, right? Come on. Again, why do you think the enemy wants to keep you quiet, keep you stuck in your emotional prison? Because when you praise when you don't feel like it, God promises to give direction and demonstrate his salvation. Do you know that the devil loves funk music? Did you know that? He loves keeping you in a funk. Okay. But, uh, all right, fine. You know, one thing that's great about that joke, one thing that's great about that joke is it's terrible. It's a terrible joke, but it's so terrible that it's funny. Okay. You know, sometimes we got to lighten the mood, guys. Come on. What? What's funk music? You never heard of funk? James Brown? <laughs> All right. Uh, if you know what that is, please speak to Loretta afterwards. 
All right. So this word also refers to singing with fellow believers. It is a collective sacrifice of God's people. Do you realize that praising is not spectatorship? It's participatory. I'll say it again. Praise is not a spectatorship. It's participatory. Now, if you're waiting to be in the mood to praise God, for everything to be perfect, the fragrance to be there, the candles, the flowers, you'll be waiting a long time to praise. Come on. Well, I'm not in the mood. We'll get in the mood to praise. So like I said, I'm not preaching to point a finger. I'm, I'm trying to give colors that you can use on your canvas of praise. Can we say hallelujah? Hey, hallelujah. All right. The next word is tequila, not tequila, but tequila. All right. If you drink a lot of that, you might function in this praise. All right. Means to sing loud and joyfully, to praise vocally in song and shouts. This is a type of praise that is specifically referring to vocalizing your praise, lifting a voice before God. It is to express great extravagant adoration to the point of foolishness in the eyes of the non-praiser or non-Christian. I'm going to say that one again. Remember, what does express mean? To get what is on the inside here and get it out and show it to the world. Okay? to express great extravagant adoration to the point of foolishness in the eyes of the non-praiser or non-Christian. Let me give you an example of this. How many of you remember seeing those old videos of um, when the Beatles came to America? Do you remember that? And these girls would be screaming and feigning, right? Now, we still have that now with boy bands and all that stuff like that, but... To the, to the person that doesn't understand, they're like, this is ridiculous. Right? And this is what this type of praise is. To someone who doesn't understand, they're like, what is this fool doing? Right? It means to laud, and laud means to praise extravagantly, usually in a very public manner. So you can practice in your quiet place, but that's your practice for public <laughs> demonstration. Like I said, this is stretching me just as much as it is you. But truth is truth, right? His word is true. Come on. The connotation is to sing unashamed, skill or no skill. All right. This word is used 70 times in Scripture or in the Old Testament because we're talking about Hebrew words, right? It also deals with enjoying God with a loud song. Psalms 23, or yeah, Psalms 22, 3. Let, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Well, what type of praise is that? The Tehillah kind. Are you guys following me? See, we read that and say, oh, he's enthroned on the praises. Hallelujah. That was a little off key, but you'll forgive me. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the Tehillah of Israel. Come on. And that is the loud, joyful praise that God comes and sits and dwells in. Enter his gates with tada, that sacrifice of praise, right? And into his courts with tehillah. So the discipline of praising God when you don't feel like it is the gateway to the tehillah type of praise. Are you guys seeing this? Enter his gates with tada, which is what? The sacrifice of praise. And into his courts with praise right? Which is that loud, unashamed type of praise. 
And guess what? There's a garment available to us. Have you ever seen someone just with a, it seemed like a, a, a thick cloak over them of heaviness? Well, actually, there's a remedy for that. Isaiah 61.3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of Tehillah for the spirit of heaviness. Okay, what breaks off heaviness? What type of praise? The foolish kind in the eyes of the non-praiser. Are you guys seeing this? And this is the point where we exchange our garment. So what is it again? What is the type of praise that breaks off the spirit of heaviness? The foolish kind. Well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Because what does the enemy want you to do? To be quiet. Come on. Good stuff. I'm just giving you arrows for your arsenal. Oh, the devil wants me to be in heaviness right now? Oh, I got this arrow right here of tequila. Tequila. <laughs> well, maybe that's why you have some heaviness because, okay. Uh, you got this arrow of the tequila type of praise. Well, I just don't, every time I praise, I just, I just don't feel that lift. Well, what type of praise do you need to release? Come on. Do you see why when we just read praise, we put our own interpretation of it? Well, God, I've been praising you. I've been laying on my face for five hours, and I still feel this spirit of heaviness. What type of praise did it tell us would break off the spirit of heaviness? Come on. Hey, there are types of praise where you lay on your face. I'm not saying that, but in this instant, you want to break off the spirit of heaviness? Practice, close the blinds at your house. <laughs> Honey, you going to get some bread or some milk? Oh yeah, I don't need it. We'll go get it anyways. And release, come on, release that type of praise. If you live with roommates and you need to release that praise at three in the morning, well, just pray that your roommates understand. So let me ask you this. When is this type of praise appropriate? Because we need to be appropriate in praise. Okay, that was sarcastic if you didn't pick that up. Psalms 34, 1. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. That word there, speak his praises, is tehillah. Oh, my goodness. When is it appropriate to release the Tehillah type of praise? Constantly. Hallelujah. Uh, this is called spiritual yoga. We are uh, stretching ourselves, right? Because not all of us feel this, but we already dealt with that, right? The next one is called Barak, which means to kneel down to bless God as an act of adoration or brokenness. Oh, dear Jesus, what? Oh, my. I'm going to have to do this quickly. To kneel down to bless God as an act of adoration or brokenness. To express an attitude of love, submission, and trust through the act of kneeling down and bowing. What does express mean? To get what is in here out. And this type of praise is through kneeling and bowing. It's great that we can shout and sing and have the freedom to lift our hands, but it's also appropriate to get on the floor before the Lord. Some people might call this carpet time. Barak is used between 75 times and in other forms, 375 times in the Bible. Psalms 34.1 I will barak, I will praise the Lord at all times. 
I will constantly speak his Tehillah. So in other words, my heart and my life will continually be bowed and surrendered before the Lord. And as a result, my mouth will be filled with the Tehillah type of praise. See, when we have an attitude of bowing before him in surrender, the result will be that foolishness type of praise. Barak continually gives place to the Father in, in every area of your life. Psalms 103.1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And when I, when I pulled this verse out, that, that phrase really stuck out to me that says, all that is within me. So all that is within me is an act of worship, right? So every time you take a thought captive, it's an act of worship. What did it say? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So every time I take a thought captive that is contrary to his word and his way, guess what? I'm, I'm giving an act of worship to him, of surrender. Every time you resist bitterness, I demonstrate, or you demonstrate a deliberate act of worship. Every time you embrace joy instead of fear, I bless his holy name. Every time I cultivate a healthy heart, we soften the ground for the harvest of praise. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is, is within me, bless his holy name. The next one is Yadah, which means the extended hand, to throw out the hand. Therefore, to worship with extended hand, it literally means hands to God. So what's the difference between tada? Because tada was about raising your hands when you don't feel like it, right? But this one's a little different, even though it's similar because it deals with raising your hands. It means to reach out and respond to God. It is the effect of what God is doing. So yada is more than just raising your hands as a choice but rather it's a response to what God is doing in the room or in the atmosphere. So you are tangibly experiencing God and you can't help but raise your hands. Have you ever been in that moment of worship where you're like, I don't normally do this, but I'm just feeling God's right now and I just lift my hands. This is that type of praise. You can find this word being used whenever God moved among his people whether by way of miraculous deliverance and answer to prayer or whenever God revealed himself through revelation. Think of, think of Yudah in this way. It's no longer a struggle, but it's a release of praise. Okay? It's no longer I'm sacrificing. It's because I'm feeling his presence so strongly that it's just an overflow of what I'm feeling and experiencing. That you're captivated by his presence. It's also the moment when God starts ministering to you. It's when this type of praise is when your spirit takes the driver's seat and your soul takes the back seat. Because a lot of times in worship, you know, your soul will be like, did I, did I turn off the iron? Did I do that? In the, God's moving in the place. And this thought comes. And Yadah is where the spirit takes the driver's seat and, and the soul takes the back seat. Come on. Tada, Toda, and Yada work together. Psalms 54, 6. I will freely sacrifice to you. What type of praise is that? Toda. I will praise Yadah, your name, O Lord, for it is good. Do you guys see this? The Yada type of praise is I'm experiencing it and then it's just an overflow of what I'm experiencing. What does it say? I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. Come on. I hope this is encouraging you. Give you some arrows for your quiver of praise. And the last one is halal, which means to rave upon the Lord and to rave means to talk wildly as in delirium or fever. Someone who is delirious is in a state of violent excitement or emotion. 
It also means to be in a frenzy. A more or less temporary disorder of the mental faculties, as in intoxication, characterized by excitement. How many of you, this is your comfort level right here? I just, you know, this is just great. I just naturally flow in that. Halal is the opposite of hiding. It's the opposite of concealing yourself or disappearing into the backdrop. And the purpose of a halal is not to shine a light on what you're doing. It's to place a spotlight on the one you're worshiping. It means to be clamorously foolish before the Lord, noisily insistent, making or marked by loud outcry or sustained racket. Now, I'll just give it, how many of you know sometimes when we end a song and God's moving and we're like, yeah, and people are like, yeah, yeah, right? So sustained racket. Halal is the primary Hebrew word, root word for, halal is the primary Hebrew root word for praise. The word hallelujah comes from its base word, and that means to be clear, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. So like I said before, when we say, oh, I'm going to release a hallelujah, it's not hallelujah. This type of praise actually means to freak out for God. Halal of Yahweh. Halal is the praise in Psalms 50. Remember uh, where it was saying, praise the Lord um, with the ram's horn and the tambourine and the drums and the cymbals. This word is praise the Lord every time. Halal. Hello in your dignity, your composure, or enemies. This is the type of praise David did when he brought the Ark of the Covenant back to the temple. And how many of you remember what he did? He took off his kingly robes and danced before all of Israel. And one of his wives didn't like it, but that's another story. Halal is used 165 times in the Old Testament. God, God wants his church to express, be expressive and free, wild in praise, loud in affection. Generally speaking, most people are not comfortable with this type of praise. Generally speaking. <laughs> Let me ask you this. You don't have to answer it. It's more of a rhetorical question. But how many of you have been disobedient when the halal type of praise comes upon you? You want me to do what, Lord, now? You want me to express it in this way? In front of Shimon? If it, in front of Danielle? Well, Danielle would get excited about that. <laughs> You're going to get real loud. But I believe that we grow in this type of praise. For, for you at one point, foolish behavior might be clapping your hands, raising your hands, getting a little uh, um, glide in your, in your step, right? The hallelujah hop. Do you want to demonstrate? Every week. Listen, halal has no end. Remember, David was dancing in his undergarments. Now, I will say this. If you feel that come upon you, just check with pastor before you release that. I just really feel the David. Okay, which David anointing are we talking about here? A key truth that will help you step out in the halal kind of praise is in Zephaniah 3, 17. The Lord your God, the Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. That word rejoice means to jump up, spin around under the influence of a violent emotion. 
Why do we release this type of praise for him? Because he's doing it over us. Are you guys seeing this? He's doing it over us. So whenever you feel the Lord say, hey, pull this arrow out in worship, and you're like, God, I don't know about that one. He's doing it over you. He's singing and spinning and jumping over you. Come on. Thank you, Father. Do you realize that breakthrough is always on the other side of your comfort level? I'm going to say it again. Breakthrough is always on the other side of your comfort level. See, we say, God, I want more. God, show yourself. And we want to keep on doing the same thing over and over again. But if we can see this truth in Scripture and then demonstrate it, actually express it, it has the power to bring us into a new season, a new season of praise. Now, in closing, hallelujah, that's pretty good. All right. So there's a couple reasons why I feel like it's important to rehearse this truth over, over again. Well, for one, this sermon I've been kind of preaching for the past six, seven years, something like that, maybe four years, five, I don't know. You know, once you get older, years just like run together. You're like, yeah, I've been doing this for like three years. No, it's been 25 years, actually. <laughs> so there's a couple reasons why I wanted to rehearse this truth. is because I truly believe that expressive praise is a core value of this house. And I believe when we function in it and we express it, we're going to see people healed without anybody laying hands on anybody, just in the presence of God. Can you imagine if everybody came in here and was obedient to what God was saying in the midst of worship? Dear Jesus, come on. And I'm not even talking big things. I'm just saying, I don't feel comfortable clapping. Well, if the Lord leads you, then clap. Come on. And maybe you're like, I've been clapping. I've been raising my hands for years. Well, what's the next step? Well, I think that's a law. I think that was the next one. So reason one, doing things out of culture is great, but it's important to have revelation of why you do something. Because when you come into this house, there's people that clap. There's people that raise their hands. There's people that shout, give yelps and hollers. But why do we do it? Why do we do it? Because it pleases the king. Come on. Whose worship is it? It's his worship. All right. Just making sure. So as the truth of the kingdom are revealed, our faith will increase. So the reason I talk about these words every year or so is because when we hear them, it actually stirs faith within us to actually step out. So as I understand the kind of praise that has been commanded to us or the praise that pleases the king, guess what? My faith will rise to express it. Like you could be sitting there and be like, man, I feel like I should do this in worship and raise my hands. I just don't feel comfortable doing this. I'm just not sure about this. Okay, I see this person doing that. but And then what does the enemy do? Oh, you're going to look foolish. Oh, my word. Did you put deodorant on this morning? No, I don't think I did. Oh, let's I'll, I'll raise my hands like this, right? But when we can present truth, guess what? Faith will arise. And say, when, when the Lord says, I want you to do this, be like, I don't, I don't know about this. Wait a second. It's in Scripture. It's in Scripture to do this. So no longer are we responding from cultural expectation or personal preference. Rather, we're praise, our praise is coming from a place of understanding and faith. It's not, I'm not raising my hands because, well, that's what everybody else is doing in the room. I'm raising because, guess what? Our God likes it. This is what his word says. Why do we yell in worship? That guy keeps on yelling in worship like that kind of, it's what? is in scripture. It's what's in his word. Are you guys following me? Come on. I think this is a good 
uh, you know, kind of kick in the butt sermon a little bit. So the second reason is your simple act of obedience and praise has the power to shift the atmosphere. I've seen it over and over during the years and someone would just release a shout or release something and they've totally shifted what was happening in the room. So it's not just a release for you. It could be a release for the person next to you. Come on. Because sometimes, well, do I, like, there's some people that were like, oh, they dance and that's what they do. But what happens if God told you to dance and you're like, God, I don't dance. God, I don't do that. And you do it. And people see it. And what happens? Faith and courage rises in the room. Are you guys seeing this? So you are co-laboring with the worship team to see the plans of God fulfilled. Do you realize that it's not the sole responsibility of the worship team to set the atmosphere in this room? Come on. I tell you what, we cannot do it on our own. No matter how good we're playing or singing on key or playing on beat, we need everybody in this room to participate. Are you guys following me? Because we are co-laboring together. Listen, I am not satisfied coming to church and singing a good four songs. I'm not talking about length. I'm talking about every time I come in on Sunday, I expect God to show himself. To show himself strong. To experience his power and his manifestation. And the worship team, we can't do it on our own. We need every person in this place. Are you guys following me? You are a part of the equation. I love what C.S. Lewis said. It's because we think so seldom of the other world that we are so ineffective in this one. What happens when you raise your hands in this service? Something changes in the other realm. Come on. When you lift up a shout of praise in this realm, something happens in the other realm. It's because we think so seldom of the other realm or the other world that we're so ineffective in this one. Come on. And what does the enemy want you to do? To be quiet and keep your mouth shut. When the enemy is strong, our praise needs to be loud. Come on. And then the third reason, and this is the final one, is expressive praise encompasses all of our core values. What are our core values? Covenant. Anybody going to help me out with this one? Covenant what? Bravery. Influence. Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about covenant really quickly. Do you realize that we're in covenant with God? Do you realize that? So when we praise him because he's worthy of it, and we praise the type of praise that he loves, it's a demonstration of our covenant with him. Which, which means we give him what he deserves, what he is worthy of, and what we are commanded to do. We are also in covenant with each other to exchange life with one another. That's what we talk about in this church a lot. Covenant is the exchange of life. So guess what? When you release that type of praise where, where it's a little bit past your comfort zone, what happens? Life is injected into this room. Are you guys following me? Because it's not just the worship team's job to set the atmosphere Actually, I would say it's impossible for the worship team to do it alone. Come on. So when we praise together, it's an expression of our covenant with one another. This is why it's so important to worship throughout the week. How many of you know that I make the list and I send it out so everybody has the list during the week? Why is that? Not so, wow, he picked some amazing songs. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's so that you can worship with it. 
Can you imagine? Let's, uh, I feel like, uh, uh, who's the Rogers guy? Uh, yeah, Mr. Rogers telling a story. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if every single person prepares their heart in worship during the week? I'm kind of scared what would happen, to be honest. Scared in a holy fear kind of way. Woo! Like, the, the band would play one note, and then everybody would just drop and be like, well, okay, that was awesome. That was great. What are we going to do now? I don't know. <laughs> but why is that? Because we're committed to one another to prepare ourselves for God to do something. Do you realize that the people on the team prepare themselves during the week? So let's just say, on average, let's say they take an hour to work on their stuff. That's six or seven hours a week that go into preparation for this. Can you give an hour of your week to prepare for what God wants to do on Sunday? Come on. Part of being in covenant is responsibility. Are you guys following me? I wasn't planning on going here, but I feel it's pretty good right now. All right. All right. And the next, so that was covenant. Influence. Do you realize that songs carry truth? That if we can get you to sing it, we can get you to have faith for it? How many of you wake up, I know some of you might, wake up in the morning and you have my sermon rehearsing in your soul? Okay, I feel bad right now, to be honest. Right? How many of you wake up in the morning and have a song going through your spirit? Do you see the power of influence? If we could get you to sing it, we can get you to have faith for it. When we sing about his sovereignty or the faithfulness of God, like you might be going through hell, but we just saying the goodness of God, the goodness of God. Come on. So songs are a great way to reinforce the truth of his kingdom. And lastly, so I did covenant, influence, and then, oh, bravery, that's right. We're talking about expressive praise right now. Why do you think it's a part of our core value of bravery? It's pretty simple. Because you have to be brave enough to confront fear, insecurity, your comfort level, and give God the praise he deserves. Come on. It's going to take bravery. It's going to take it. And in order for us to have more, you know, we sing these songs, God, I want more. I want more, God. Well, in order for us to have more, we have to disrupt patterns of behavior. You have to be willing to step outside your comfort level to reach the desired goal of more. The truth is the type of praise that God desires is way beyond all of our comfort levels. I want to say that again. The type of praise that God desires Whoa, way beyond comfort level. So all I'm saying is, I'm not, hey, if you want to come in here next week and just release that halal type of praise, awesome. We'll do it together. But for some, it might just be like, okay, I'm going to step out in faith and do this act. And then as you do it, you'll grow. And guess what? When you grow, you get more. Do you see this? So the challenge for us all is to step outside our comfort level by faith and express his praise in a new way. So that's your challenge for this year. Let's just say for this year because next year I'll probably preach this again. So, uh, so that is the challenge for the year. To say, okay, God, I am going to step out in faith and express your praise in a new way. Come on. How many of you know the, the scripture verse that we go from glory to glory? How many of you enjoy glory? But don't you think it's interesting that God says, I'm going to take you from a place that's good and glorious and take you to another place that's glorious? Most of us think 
I like where I'm at. Why would I want to change? Because there's a more glorious place. Come on. And so a lot of times we only want to change when something's wrong. Have you, ever, have you ever walked by the mirror and said, oh, dear Jesus, who is that? Was there someone in my house right now that does not look like me? Oh, that's you. That's you. And a lot of times we don't want to change until something negative that we see. But God is saying, I want you to change because there's a more glorious place ahead of you. So I want to challenge you with that, and I hope that you were encouraged, and I hope that it built faith within you that, listen, if we step out in faith, I believe we're going to see God. God's moving now. How many of you agree? What we, what we experience from week to week is amazing, and what we have in this house is pretty spectacular. But guess what? We cry out for more. We want more. We want more. So, Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for this truth. And, Lord, I just pray that each and every day we will begin to take the love that we have for you that's inside of us and express it to the world around us. In Jesus' name, you guys are not dismissed because we have the healing team. Okay? So could the healing team come up?